It's called a money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane, all craving action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Rogue Opinions. My name, as always, is Nathan. And I guess me and Scott are back. Hi, Scott. <laughs> wow, you put as much effort into that introduction as the people buying this movie put into well, the movie. Well, we... Look, to peel back the curtain at Rogue Opinions, me and Scott fell out so we're not going to do podcasts anymore and the last thing scott said to me when i said we could still work together scott went look i'll only ever do a podcast with you again nathan if edge is in a movie with fraser about fucking an alligator <laughs> and we all we all thought it's that if pigs would fly moment isn't it yeah <laughs> turns out edge is in a movie with fraser about stealing money from a plane. <laughs> I remember hearing about the concept a bit of this maybe like more than a year or so ago. Uh, and I mean, it took until now when I seen it was finally been put on uh, on Prime. That I decided, oh, I, I got to see, I got to see what happens. You know, it's got Edge and Kelsey Grammer in it. I mean, it might, the might not be the best film ever made, but oh, how bad it should be when it's got these two juggernauts in it. Turns out pretty bad. <laughs> I love, I love Edge the wrestler, but calling him a juggernaut of the acting world. <laughs> like he's pretty good in Vikings. I saw a couple of episodes of Haven, but uh, yeah, this is certainly this is certainly next level. It's got Thomas Jane in it as well. Mm-hmm. So that's just the extent that we are at here but uh first don't know we're talking about money plane money plane is a movie made by uh the lawrence brothers uh and it's uh it's a heist movie mm-hmm. about stealing money from a plane yeah I-, I never i'd never heard of the lawrence brothers before this and i think for good reason but uh andrew lawrence who plays i gave part of uh, edge's crew i.e the one who's m- uh, coincidentally put you know in a position where he has the least amount of screen time of the crew because <laughs> he has to direct this movie uh, I was trying to figure out who is this guy and I'd heard some things about him like he was a child actor and everything like that he only directed a small number of things mostly TV films and then I found out this fucker mm-hmm. voice TJ in recess <laughs> <laughs> yep that, that's who we're dealing with here it's got Denise Richards in it for about 45 seconds a glorified cameo i think it's just one of the few featured on the poster and her name is in the one of the top names mentioned to get the glorified cameo i mean the only person who's got that high ability and not appeared in that much of a film is when fucking queer up outro popped up for five seconds in spider-man homecoming yeah no wonder she didn't remember mm. she did it she was hardly in it at all but uh yeah, people, you know, everyone will know Denise Richards from Starship Troopers. I don't need to explain who she is. Yeah, to, just to really sum up her part of this movie, think of that gif of Grandpa Simpson coming in, putting his hat down, they're doing the full twirl, picking the hat up back again, except it's just a, I imagine, a bag full of money that they probably paid. These are probably more than was deserving. Well, he, she plays uh, Edge's wife 
or Adam Copeland, if you're not a wrestling fan and you wonder who we're talking about and why we keep calling him Edgy, you're thinking the guy from U2 is not in this. And uh, <laughs> if you know no him better... No one's ever made that joke before. Yeah, if you know him better as Flatnose from Vikings, then, uh, <laughs> then it's that guy. And, or uh, as, as Atom Smasher in one episode of Flash. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she plays his wife, but then he doesn't trust her to look after the kids, I think is basically it, because she, he asked Thomas Jane to look after the kids. <laughs> and then he just buggers off. They, and she's never help. back in the movie. <laughs> I know. They just shoehorn in the scene with those two together, just having a chat, just so you can, just so you remind, just to remind you that uh, uh, Adam Copeland's character has a family and therefore is the protagonist, and you should root for him, even though he's the leader of potentially the most incompetent heist crew ever seen on film. I would a hundred percent say, yeah, this is the. When you watch your heist, I want I like my heists to be so complicated that I don't really know how they're going to get away with it. Whereas this one is just just they just punch some people and then hijack this plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really weird thing. So the concept is that at the start of the movie, Jack Reese, played by Adam Copeland, is trying to heist this painting out of what they call an art museum, oh, but it was God. just a fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking. It's like a converted warehouse where they put some like one of those like thin dried walls, thin yeah. drywall up to try and separate it. And it's a museum. Doesn't there's not that many people in it, and even that he can he fucks that up spectacularly because <laughs> they're somehow set up in a very convoluted way that's revealed later on. That somehow still makes makes less sense. And then he's brought before uh, Kelsey Grammer's character. Who then gives them an even more complicated heist job too? Because apparently yeah, he's bought off some debt that from Jack, and now he basically owns them. So get me this money, and I'll you know your debt's settled and everything. Like this guy could even get a painting for you, and now you want to trust him on a plane with allegedly some of the most dangerous people in the world. <laughs> this is really, and also Kelsey Grammer plays a guy who calls himself the Rumble, but his actual name is. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third. That sounds like the name of the main vil- main villain in a fucking Sesame Street movie. He <laughs> hangs out, hangs around with Oscar the fucking Grouch. I love the bit where he goes, um, <laughs> where he's telling telling Jack what he wants him to do, and he says he'll turn him into a Pollock, and he has that guy hold a canvas behind his head. <laughs> he pulls out a gun. Like Kelsey Grammer is only he only cameos in this movie for a couple of minutes. I think like apparently the budget of this movie was five million dollars. I think four and a half of that went to Frasier because because yeah. <laughs> it didn't look like the rest of it. That art museum was literally just a room that looked like, like it might have been an office that they just cleared the desks out of and then hung a couple of paintings in and went art museum. I think the reason Grammer Edge these Richards and Thomas Jane are so probably featured on the poster is that. Like you said, most of that five million went to getting them involved in this because it definitely didn't go to fucking set design. Because can we talk about how shit this plane looks? The interior of it. This it goes, plane is terrible. Yeah. Like they're trying to get into the server, which has got all this Bitcoin money. And I'm sorry if you think well, this review is about all the place. Well, it fits the fucking movie. <laughs> but the server room is made like all high tech and everything, and then you actually see the setup of the plane. And it's one of the weirdest looking planes. Like you see the actual plane taking off, and then you see all the stuff that's apparently inside of it. 
it's like the fucking TARDIS of planes. It's seemingly huge on the in, more huge on the inside than it is on the outside. Also, the thing that makes Edge's character look more all the more incompetent, they lay out the plan. It seems simple enough. He's going to take out the pilot. So Edge basically sits in the cockpit for 70% of the movie on Skype to Kelsey Graham, who's just sitting by his pool. And then the main flaw, the first big speed bump in the plan is that Edge forgets the, pos- the concept of a fucking co-pilot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rubbish. This co-pilot who easily almost beats him just hand-to-hand when this guy's meant to be some sort of thief or whatever, and they keep hinting to his past and all this debt that he had because he was a bit of a gambler everything. Like, oh, God. I get what they're going for with the concepts here, but execution is just not... Well, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know how cheap this movie was, I'm going to read you this quote from, from Adam Copeland about filming with Kelsey Grammer uh, to get Kelsey's like the serious lines out that he delivers so this is word for word from an article in The Ringer entitled Money Plane Oral History Uh, it was a Sunday morning super early and next door was a guy mowing his lawn over the fence (laughs) with a dog and so we were just fighting all of these different elements and bless his heart Kelsey had had some long soliloquies in there so he's trying to hammer through them before the dog barks and before the guy starts mowing again <laughs> good fucking lord and then andrew lawrence followed that up with say it was embarrassing we've got we got people running around ringing doorbells in santa monica trying to figure out whose dog this is it would not stop barking it was a joke but he was cool enough that he didn't let it ruin his day <laughs> Too right, he's probably only filming for like I reckon Kelsey Grammer ran through his lines in about three hours and got paid yeah. like five hundred grand for it. I can't imagine he was on set for more than a day doing this movie. Yeah, it's so it's it's so stupid. Like the the weird thing is like the title the weird title sequence of all like the animated bits of the plane and when the logo comes up. Uh it's some. It, it's looked like somehow too expensive, but also super cheap. Mm-hmm. Like at the, same, the exact same moment. Exactly, and what, what I love about this uh, bit at the museum at the start is like while he's going through it, you know, uh, Jack's going through in like a voiceover bit. He's going through his three keys to successful heist and everything. <laughs> yeah, and then none of them work in this. It because lots of this things have to go wrong so that Kelsey Grammer can then give him this other job to then further pay off his debt and everything. And so, and then this heist, like everything seemingly that can go wrong does go wrong during it. And then at the end, he's running through his steps to Kelsey Grammer right before they screw him over and like basically fuck up, uh, steal all his money and just throw it out the plane. It's like, you're not adding like this all went to plan. You really just came up with plan yeah. ten minutes ago because you fucked up your original plan so spectacularly. Yeah, you're a terrible heist crew. Like they had that guy just stay on the ground who wasn't even the tech guy, and then he was just like sat around a load of computers. Yeah, which again weird. is because because that guy was too busy directing the movie. <laughs> yeah, so he he couldn't be in a lot of the set. So um uh there was some weird Weird stuff. What was the thing when they got on the money plane and they were like, oh, no names? But then everyone was using names anyway. 
Yeah. Oh, oh that's stupid. There was some to give this movie some props. There was some um, at least half decent fights in it. Yeah, I mean Isabella. I think it's the name of the character, the female of the the crew. She's the most interesting out of the four of them because she's the only one who doesn't appear totally incompetent. She, her main thing is just punching people. <laughs> she would like mop up so like everyone else would fuck up, and then she would be like Plan B, and he'd come in because mm. there was that bit where, he, where he's like, "Your Plan A is only as good as your Plan B," and then she just comes in and beats the shit out of everyone. <laughs> so it's like, "Oh, Plan B." Let's get punchy, lady. <laughs> like, uh, that's, 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 that's a deleted scene in the reveal and the hard nickname is secretly Plan B. And it's just like, because we, we try, they try and rush in some exposition between him and Thomas Jane about what, uh, about what his backstory is, about his history as a gambler and everything. And like, oh, now he's got in this plane with all this money and everything. So that, hates, that hints that it's going to come to a point where it's going to be a high stakes, but at the end, Gamma White was one of these criminals, and then right before they eventually take all the money. But no, again, he's sitting in the cockpit, and he gets one of his crew members to sit in on these weird bets, which he keeps accidentally winning and pissing oh, everybody God, off yeah. because, he sub- because he wins without realising how he's winning. And like so, the, so he's got this backstory, but we know absolutely bugger all about the other three, and especially the female of the group, who is the one I wanted to know more about. Yeah, let's talk about the place. So what the money plane is, is it's a place where all, apparently, in Kelsey Grammer's own words, the baddest motherfuckers on the planet all get on this plane to bet on whatever they like. And we'll get to his example momentarily, because I've got some questions about where he got his example from and how it works. But you, so you're told, oh, Christ, we're going to get to see some incredible stuff on here. And then the first thing they do is just play poker. Mm-hmm. it's like the most boring thing and then the rest of it is just them betting on like YouTube fail vids about like what's going to happen next Cause it, well, they, bet, they bet on how long it'll take till a guy chops another man's hands off with an axe at one point and yeah they go so quickly from like an edge goes to execute his part of the plan which is taking over the cockpit he leaves his friend uh, and well, I think Trey is his name and he in and then suddenly it goes from him then playing poker to then him versus one of the other Lawrence brothers doing a really over the top you know, Texan cowboy impression. Oh, the cowboy, and okay. they, yeah, and then they and they just start play Russian roulette as in Russian roulette. Like we actually put one bullet in a gun and see if you kill yourself and then they start arguing over who's gonna go first and then the cowboy goes, Oh damn it, I'll do it <laughs> and he fucking blows his own brains out. Yeah, which seems weird because you're on a plane. Like, where's that bullet going? If it comes out your skull and goes through, like, the plane, everyone's going to die. Mm. Seemed very unsafe. But let, let's get let's get to the, the biggest moment. We know what everyone is wondering about this review. And, Scott, this is the question that I've got for you. How do you bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Yeah, because that's what kills Grammar like explains that he talks he gives like a perfect normal example of something you'd bet on and then goes, If you want to bet on a guy fucking an alligator, a money plane, that's where you do it. Like that's a really wide, totally vast end of the spectrum to jump between I mean, do you want to go for some examples in the middle before you go right to the alligator? But you know, Kills Grammar only had a, only had it for their five minutes left before they <laughs> Yeah, before his day was he, out and he was done. He was <laughs> <laughs> but, what what are you betting on there? 
I think uh, you bet on if you'll be able to get the alligator. Like, either it's a case of like you bet X amount of money that you'll fuck the alligator, or you bet X amount that you won't fuck the alligator. In which case, I'm not fucking the alligator. We're probably ending the alligator, killing him because if you get close enough to try and fuck it, and don't end up doing so, then there's only other one outcome for you. So you think you win the bet? So let's say, hey, I'm going to bet that this dude right here can fuck an alligator. If he is able to enter the alligator, you've won the bet. Yeah, like you bet somebody, like, how much would you pay if he, if I said to you, I bet you X amount of thousand that this guy will fuck the alligator, and you say I'll take it, then I would win the money if he fucked it, but then I'd give you the money if he didn't fuck it and the alligator killed him. Interesting. Interesting. See, those are the big questions that we need an answer because we want because what I was thinking, like, are you betting on if someone climaxes, whether it's the alligator or the person? I mean, like, it's a fine line there. Are you? Are you? Do you think for to win the bet and say that he's fucked the alligator, you have to fuck it to conclusion, or do you think he? Can I think you've got to fuck, fuck it to conclusion. Okay, then at that point, then maybe you, you bet on how long does he let the reach conclusion, or does the alligator? Because like, the alligator is going to be very uncomfortable and the alligator is going to try and move and get out of that situation. So does the alligator get out of it? Does he figure to completion or how long does he last? That's it. Yeah, I think you've got, you got to go to conclusion. I don't think you can just like, cause if, if the guy just enters the alligator and then runs away, I don't think that well, counts because the wording is fuck the alligator. Yeah, I think it would be similar to like when they were betting on that cobra. Like how long after the cobra bet the guy did he... Would, would would he survive until the poison ultimately killed him and stopped his heart? So basically, he's a, as soon as he enters the alligator, how long will he last before he's before he's complete? And mm. and obviously, whoever's closest probably wins. Yeah, I think you're right. But like, so this is the thing: is we were promised a dude trying to fuck an alligator like four minutes into this movie. Did they did not deliver a dude fucking alligator? We had poker starting off so tame, and mm. then it would be like watching a saw movie and it starts out with Chinese burns. <laughs> like that's what it's like. It's like, hang on, you promised hey. us like saw level. You promised us dude fucking alligator, and what we've got here is like, how many slaps can someone take? <laughs> like, there was one like you don't see. I don't think you actually see the cobra when it. When the guy gets bit by it, you just hear the thing hissing, and you hear the guy screaming in, in pain, and, and you just see him as he's slowly dying out, but you somehow don't see the snake. So, also, they promised they wanted an extreme example of what you can bet on the money plane. So, they thought it'll be funny if you can get Kelsey Grammer and his, you know, gravitas way to say, talk about men fucking alligators. And then they also knew that, that there's no possible way for them to try and film a guy trying to fuck an alligator. And so, when they came to the actual weird bits, then it's all like we we promised this concept of the money play and all the weird things you can bet on, and so they just try and throw shit at the wall and just throw the most random concepts like whatever they thought of that day, like how long until this guy chucks another man's hand off or all this other weird shit. There was a guy getting thrust around this water, but you couldn't see what was get what was trying to eat him, and it was piranhas or something in the was, end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was piranhas or something, something like that. that. So, so they were kind of rushing to uh, make up. And explain like the kind of weird place, what kind of a weird place this money plane is. But then you also got to think like I know you look at all the people that they got and they're all maybe criminals and everything. Like uh, 
Edge's cover is that he's taking the identity of some sort of human trafficker that no one's ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene is so weird. It's like I will take on the persona of Mister. I can't remember his name now. He's yeah, an infamous and, human trafficker, and it's like you're so casual about it, dude. Yeah, and uh, Philip Monroe and Trey it. plays his handler, Mister McGillicay, and they know that nobody will recognize him because uh, Isabella. Uh, the remember the only thing we know about her past is that she's come across him and she killed him, but nobody knows that the guy's dead. But like, yeah, they really hedged their one... bets on that because how did they know that nobody knew he was dead? I'm pretty sure they say it was like more than a year or so ago that she had that run in, and he's my, so infamous that you know guys are calling him by his name, and the criminals on it seem to know who he is once he says he's Philip Monroe. They're like, how did he go a year without noticing that this guy's fucking dead? <laughs> The other thing is, like, they were meant to be playing this undercover, these super infamous guys, and then the first thing they do is take issue with that guy who's an arms dealer. It's like, well, hang on, what? You're meant to yeah. be the super infamous guy, and you're on there like, we know who you are, you're the infamous arms dealer who supplied Iran. And then he was like, well, I got cleared in court. It's like, yeah. what a weird scene. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's, like, you got to think they'd have to take on, like, personas and previous, like, case because that's the whole point of these kind of films like this where you had to pretend to be somebody else and suddenly they forget everything they yeah. probably had to deal for and just take issue with the fact that they take issue with when they were like why are you giving me shit like aren't you a, aren't you a human trafficker and all that shit and but like the people that they have on this plane are basically just evil for evil's sake because it's maybe the most like underground kind of criminals that go on this plane so even then I'm even then I'm struggling to wonder when I see them like why would you? Why would you want to bet on a guy cutting another guy's hand off? Why would you want to bet on like a guy in a cobra? Like you're just fucking evil for the sake of it. Like here is just some evil people. How do you know? Because they bet on these weird things that involve people dying. Still, yeah. Well, well, they do eventually because the first thing they do is get on this incredible plane. And the well, I say incredible plane. They get on this weird money plane where it's like, hey, you can bet on anything. We're going to start with poker. <laughs> I have to think they say you can bet on anything, but like different things are starting very yeah. close together. And Trey tries to get out of there so he can fetch up, and also like he's like just seen a guy get eaten by Pratt, so he wants to get out of there. And they keep forcing him to stay and continue betting, even though he's winning. But, like so, it's not very free, and that's another thing about the money plane is the first ten minutes that they're on it, all you have is one of the other Lawrence brothers just telling you all these rules that they have. <laughs> yeah, and then, then the last thing that they say is, like, the run rules is there's no murder, no dismemberment, unless they're allowed in the game. And it's like, so there's no rules then? <laughs> it's like, yeah. that was the weirdest... There's quite a few weird lines in it, but I think that was the weirdest one. It was literally like, there's no cheating, no murder, no dismemberment, unless they're allowed in the event. So, right, so there's no... Just say there's no rules. Don't and, cheat, and then, no rules. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, and that like arms dealer that they were talking to, he was like just so creepy, like acting so creepy to the the flight attendants. And then they explicitly tell them like you cannot do anything inappropriate with our flight attendants; they are members of our crew. But we do have you know these specially procured fucking prostitutes, basically that you can shag. But he's still trying to be creepy and trying to shag Isabella just so she can, he can just so he can catch her and the crew doing what they're doing so that things can go even more spectacularly wrong. So that was a bit weird. It was literally like, well, she doesn't want to sleep with me. There must be something up with her. So, oh, this lazy writing. Why didn't you make him the 
why don't you turn that flip around and make him the human trafficker? Because clearly he was acting more like it than Edge's character was when have Edge take the role of an arms dealer or something like that. I just, I just didn't really. The, the concept was just so so bizarre, and the way they set it up was they'd be better off if you were going to redo this movie, like just having them infiltrate as part of the Money Plane's crew, mm-hmm. like rather than having them play these over the top like these. They were practically like cartoon characters, everyone on this plane. Well, Isabella technically was. She was posing as a flight attendant, but even then, you know, I wonder, like, how do you, if she's got this pass where she's killed the real Philip Monroe, how the fuck did she manage to sneak onto this money plane with all these rules? Surely they do they do these, like, checks on, into people make sure they can be trusted and everything. They, they don't allow, like, very incompetent fucking heist crews like the one we've got onto your plane with all this money. Okay. Let's get into some of the highlights of the, of the movie. I think uh, the bit where Kelsey Grammer tells the guy, "So like, don't you piss yourself. <laughs> it was such a good scene. I think, I don't think that was written for him. I think he made, he, I reckon he did that on a whim. <laughs> well, like before, I think we're sure in that same scene, he tells the guy, hey, shut the, the guy who, yeah, shut him up, like, the guy he's torturing up, just like, because he's trying to be, like, talk to Jack on the phone. And so the guy just takes that as, shut him, like, I said, shut him up, don't kill him. We ruined my terracotta. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It was such a good movie for for that 30 seconds. It's it's hard to tell with Kelsey sometimes because he has such a loud voice and everything, but he's clearly hamming up something big in this movie. And no more is that exemplified when he yells during the Skype call to Jack, I don't care who's on that plane. I'm Darius. I'm Darius Emmanuel Grouch. I'm, I'm the baddest. <laughs> the I'm, Rumble. I'm the, I'm the baddest I'm motherfucker the on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> now get me my fucking money. And, and then it's $40 somehow, million dollar painting. What was it? The Ugly Duckling or something. Like that. And then I think it's revealed that... Well, sorry if I'm dropping two ahead. People said the big twist there. Night Channel and S. Oh, this movie's movie. like 80 minutes long. There's not a lot to it, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another thing why I think it's so like shit and rush together because it's just things happening. Like, like here's a concept, and here's an idea, or here's a hint of something what this guy is all about. But we're not going to delve into it too much because you have to keep going, going, going. We've only got eighty-eight minutes. Like, I felt like they had two weeks to write this film and even less time to film it when I was watching this. Yeah, like- it doesn't help that the plane was so obviously not a plane. Like, it was obviously just they had one location that they were just changing out <laughs> for every scene. And so, like, somehow Thomas Jane, after a quick Google search, it feels like, manages to discover, and uh, a couple of phone calls manages to discover that Kelsey Grammer, you know, there was no pain. He set them up just so he could put them on the money plane. Like, if he bought the debt, surely, who, who told Jack to go get the painting? Because surely, if he's now got the debt, he, and he owns them, as he said, he could have just stopped, told him not to go for the painting at the art museum and just call him to his house in the first place and tell him, go on the money plane. Why yeah, did you need to blackmail him? You already, you already yeah. own his debt. You don't need to blackmail him further with this whole thing about the, the fucking uh, painting. Yeah, this the, the story is, is one of the biggest issues with this movie is that the backstory just doesn't add up because yeah he was already in debt he was trying to heist his painting we don't know why he was trying to heist his painting and then it turned out to be his painting so then Frazier convinced him that he owed them a painting and the debt mm-hmm. but then also told him 
that paying the debt and whatever's left you can keep. And then then they'd be square. And it was like, oh, doesn't really add up because you haven't you said the painting was worth 40 million. Like, there wasn't 40 million on that plane, but we don't know how much that uh-huh. cryptocurrency was worth, which uh, yeah, doesn't make but... any sense because isn't the point of crypto that it's not anywhere. But then apparently mm-hmm. it was all on this plane. So like it's not somebody be traceable. So if you can't trace it, how do you know how much there is? Yeah. How did you know it was there? Like, that's the other thing. Jack Reese is clearly an idiot. Because he was just like, uh, go to the money plane, there's crypto. He was like, oh, I know what that is. I'll go get mm-hmm. it. He's like, well, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> I think I think that is a trope, though. You're working with some criminal, and then you realize the criminal, like, secretly set you up all along. That's been used in the past. So you just kind of rushed that kind of trope into the, the climax of the film. And... Because they, they knew that the high school successfully, then it means that the bad guy being Kelsey Grammer gets the money. And so they had to figure out a way for him to not get the money. And they did it. And then was going to the way where he does that line of him saying, you know, I'm the best motherfucker on the planet. And they do, they have basically, Jack's big plan is to record their Skype call and <laughs> use that line against them. Make it seem like he's trying to hijack the money so that these guys behind it send people to kill him. Like, does he not know that for legal reasons you have to inform all parties that the escape call is being recorded? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, <laughs> how did for, everyone's an idiot in this movie? Like, how did Kelsey yeah, Grammer not realize if he yelled that? He, he can also see on his end that the call's being recorded. No. And then they were just like, oh, we're just going to send the money out to charity. It's like, wait. Why have you suddenly? Why are you acting like the good guy at the very start of this movie? You were trying to steal the fucking painting. Mm-hmm. Like you're meant to be a heister. It's like the Oceans movie where you're like you you end up rooting. Well, the Oceans movies do it well, unlike this movie where you forget that George Clooney and his crew are actually just a load of thieves. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you're like, well, everyone's a thief or a murderer. Like yeah. even Isabella is a murderer. Yeah. Everybody's either a criminal or an idiot in this movie. And like, and then at the end, like, they're all talking about, oh, we're all going to get out, we're all going to you know, provide for families, we're going to get rid of our debt, and this is our last job and everything, because they love that in Haiti movies, or one last job, unless there's a sequel, which there fucking won't be to this. And because like, you think of Fast and Furious, how many one last raids have there actually been? <laughs> see, no one no one stole anything, did they, in the end? Yeah, like, but they, they I think gave they, all no, the money they away. The and then they threw most all of that out of the plane. Uh, but then the criminal still had money because they were betting how long it would take until Kelsey Graham was confirmed as dead. And so they, the criminals have still got money. You've just thrown all this money out of the plane. And yeah, you've donated some to charity. But then at the end, they revealed that they've somehow got the painting. And that's how they're going to get, that's how they're going to clear their debt by selling. Well, actually, no, they're going to get, like, they're going to retire because they sold the painting. And. Basically, Edge, Edge, Edge grasses and Kelsey Grammer to these money playing people so that if he's dead, then that means there's no debt. Like, what about the people that he bought the debt off of? Yeah, they're going to... Still, nobody's... You've not paid off your debt, Adam Copeland. You're going to have to do one last money plane in the sequel, Money Train. I was going to say Money Boat, but yeah, sure, you know how to do a train. Oh, yeah, that's too... Actually, your boat might be a better idea because trains are expensive. I don't think they could convincingly build a train set out of curtains. Okay, which one's going to look more cheap? 
too when they when they probably you know get together a boat set or a train. Let's say money money submarine because then they can just make it dark. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend and just draw some fishes in the windows, mm-hmm. so it looks like they're underwater. It'd probably be easier actually to do the train because you can make it dark if like they're constantly going through tunnels or whatever. Like this, they say, "Oh, we're on the Eurostar, so we're going through the Channel Tunnel for a majority of the movie." Because if you do the boat, you have to do scenes outside, and you know they probably won't have the budget to actually film <laughs> out at sea and actually show. So they probably try and green screen it, which knowing would be hilarious. Film, <laughs> which knowing a film like this, yeah, it would look horrible. Like, like the like this, like when they do the roof scenes and the room, they don't <laughs> use the actual roof; they just green screened. Uh, <laughs> I think they should. Also, how uncomfortable because Adam Adam Copeland or Edge is is a very tall man, so he looked really uncomfortable in that fake cockpit because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like generally like six foot five or something. So yeah, in every was... scene, he just looked like he was so much taller than everyone else. Mm-hmm. But he just sat down. It was so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, what a bad movie! Uh, like and like the end and the last scene of Kelsey Grammer because he is the highlight, I think, of this movie for me. And Easily. of course, he is. Easily, <laughs> I knew even if this film was bad because I because I knew Edge isn't the strongest actor. Uh, but going into it, I thought like, come on, if anybody can make this memorable, it's going to be Kelsey Grammer. And so at the end, when he finds out that these people are coming for him. And he acts all scared because like, he, he talks about how he picks up like the seediness of the money plane when he tells Edge about it. And then he, he t- but then he later he says he doesn't care who's on the plane. And then when he finds out the people are coming for him, which happens so quickly, by the way, because you've only got five minutes left of the movie, you've, he's suddenly all scared. And then suddenly just shoots his right-hand guy because he threatens to like run out on him. And then this last thing, you don't see the guys coming into the into the house to kill him because they obviously couldn't afford to hire more extras. You just hear cars pull, you hear cars pulling up and Curse Girl's last scene is him seemingly shooting at the wall, shooting a machine gun, just yelling, ah! ah you like to come Scarface. Pretty like, much. It was a shit version Scarface. of Scarface. Yeah. Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. But, yeah, yeah would you much- recommend people to watch this movie? I mean, I knew going into this, this was a, a switch, probably going to be like a switch your brain off kind of movie. Uh, uh, but even then, it still hurt my head to watch it. So if you want a film that you can get drunk to and take the piss out of, yeah, watch this movie that of $5 million made apparently 618 Yeah, I probably would say... Oof, I don't know if I would say to watch this movie. I don't think it's worth watching. I think there's better, funnier heist movies out there. I mean, it, it, does it border on so bad it's good? Is it in that camp? I don't think. I don't think it is. I think there's funnier things they could have done with the movie mm. that they didn't do. And how about a bit where Edge just bit that guy's finger? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think they really let themselves down. And I hate to heart to keep going back to it, but. They promised so much. They promised a dude fucking alligator. And all they delivered was poker. A really kind of over-the-top, boring Russian roulette scene that was kind of like kind of like a school play. 
uh, kind of level of, of humor. And then just a lot of like YouTube videos that people were betting on. Like I think the concept just the concept led itself down because it lacked imagination after the idea. The idea is quite funny. Yeah. But so after you, that there was just a real lack of imagination. Yeah, there is a real waste of a, a I'm not gonna say it's the strongest concept because even then I've I've seen reviews that saying like why do you need to be on a plane? Surely there are better places they could go. These people, these underground like, criminals, are the ones that wanted to gamble on such things. But would it surprise you to know that this came out to uh, very negative reviews? It wouldn't surprise me. And I do kind of agree. They actually handcuffed themselves mm-hmm. by putting it on a plane. Like, because it meant that they then couldn't really do anything. Because it was like, oh, this plane where you can bet on any anything. But it's like, well, you can't have everything on a plane. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, just have a big smattering of everything in case someone goes, oh, I want to bet on how quickly someone can stuff a cucumber into a mouse. Because it's like, oh, shit, we've got no cucumbers and no mouses on this plane. So it's like, they would have been better putting themselves like, hey, this underground bunker underneath this weird bar why don't you bet on these people fighting? Right. Are you are you familiar with the uh, the show, the 90s UK comedy show, Bottom? Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never really watched it. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar, it's Rick, uh, Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson were the main stars. Basically, it was just different ways of two idiots hurting each other. And there's a scene uh, where they're trying to find something to do, which goes with your analogy of like them handcuffing themselves with the whole like mouse cucumber thing where they suggest this is the sequence between the two guys they go how we play pin the tail on the donkey we don't have a donkey pin the tail on the chicken we haven't got a we haven't got a, a tail well, okay pin the sausage on the chicken we haven't got a chicken pin the sausage on the fridge we haven't got a pin sellotape the sausage to the fridge we haven't got a sausage we haven't got a sausage put a bit of sellotape on the fridge that's, and that's the process of money playing it, how they figured out what people can and can't bet on. And I think, yeah, I think maybe they're trying to think, oh, they're in the plane, they're in the sky, all these criminals are in this confined space. Maybe it was meant to help increase the sense of danger or everything, but it didn't do that at all. You could have had this in Vegas, but like underground somewhere, and you could have probably got a lot better movie out of it. And I'm just looking here at the reviews here. 3.2 out of 10 on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes they had a critic score of 23% and an audience score of 35 <laughs> Oh god, yeah. N- not great. So don't watch don't watch Money Plane unless you're curious to see Kelsey Grammer being evil Frasier for all, about a minute and a half, I reckon, is perhaps what you get of him. I mean, I think I've thought, I've thought about talking about this movie with Paul at points, but even Paul, as much as he loves Fraser and Kelsey Grammer, there's not enough Kelsey Grammer in this movie to make Paul watch it. And even then, I think, he's, I'm not saying he's the biggest fan of Edge, but I think it would forever ruin Edge or the concept of pace <laughs> movies for him. <laughs> oh, well, have you got anything else to say about Money Plane? Uh, Thomas Jane's wasted in it, uh, both in terms, of, in terms of how much he's used and probably in the literal sense because he seems like he's either drunk or he's overacting as well 
in the scenes that he is in. And he's just there to be a good pal or a good soundboard just to say, hey, Jack, remember when you did all that thing back in the day when you, were, you got all that debt? Yeah, I don't know why they had to get such a, like, a big-named actor for these parts. That's the other thing. It's like they don't have a lot of money, so stop, stop wasting it all on people like Denise Richards and Thomas Jane. You're right, they're totally wasted, completely interchangeable with just any local hire looking for a chance. I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm shouting on Denise Richards again because I said she was like a glorified like, cameo, but like, also she clearly had some work done Uh Okay, I'll refuse that. A lot of work done. I wouldn't criticize somebody for that because, you know, that's your choice. But honestly, she looked like she was wearing a mask of her own face over her face. <laughs> Jesus. Poor Denise Richards. She's not fucking poor. She probably got paid very handsomely for this shit heap. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, I think she's going to be fine. She gets all those Starship Troopers residuals. <laughs> Oh, well, there's not going to be any more money playing content on this channel other than maybe us quoting the alligator line every now and then. I mean, part of me is quite sad that we didn't, uh, we both had watched this individually. I think you'd seen this ages before I had. I'm quite sad we didn't decide to like do some sort of like watch along for this instead because like getting our actual reactions on. This podcast would probably be the best thing we've ever done. I think we'd be better than King of the Ring 95 or the Greatest Royal Rumble. Probably, yeah. We probably should have done that. And maybe we will in the future sometime. Uh, maybe quite a way down the line. Or, or we'll do it as a punishment for two people that haven't seen it. I'll just uh, say, but... if, we, if we have to rewatch this, get somebody, had they at least involve one person who hasn't seen it yet and maybe hasn't listened to this review. So, <laughs> just because I want to get that reaction to like, what the fuck's he on about people fucking alligators? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for listening to the Money Plane Review, guys. You can find Rogue Opinions, all the rest of the podcast, at Rogue underscore Opinions. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Scott, what have you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's got my friend 1996. Uh, for good Kelsey Grammer performances, you can hear me and Paul talking about Fraser from the very beginning uh, at SP Rambling, it's got a Mulls Rambling podcast on Twitter. And uh, on the back catalog, you're on Rogue Opinions, find past episodes of the Rogue Richard Smart interview. An episode should be around the time you're hearing this with me and Sam looking at the post WrestleMania 2000 episode of SmackDown. And just uh, more, Sam gets very, very angry about something that doesn't make sense, kind of like how we were, me especially, in this review. So well, like, just take our anger and times it by three or even ten, and that's what you that's how angry Sam is. Like, I just sat back and let him rant on that episode. It's a fun listen if you haven't checked it out. Uh, me and Carl have got the Mandalorian pod. Uh, I think both me and Nathan are going to be coming popping up on uh, future episodes of uh, Carl and Liam's Rogue Chronicles. And yeah. uh, also go support Liam. Over at the Hallway Gratz podcast uh, at Hallway Gratz pod on Twitter, uh, I think it is, and he's at Real No Numbers on Twitter. He's running a live stream this Saturday. Uh, even if you're listening to this after the stream, I believe the link will still be live. So go help donate towards the uh, mental health charity Jigsaw, because I know a lot of people mental health has not been an easy thing to deal with across COVID. So it's a really worthwhile cause, and uh, we're both going to be involved in it. And there's all sorts of fun things planned for that stream 
Yeah, it's going to be good. He say this Saturday uh, coming up. I'm assuming this will be. Uh, this should be out probably on Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I reckon. So if you're listening to this Saturday morning, uh, late this evening, uh, we will. Me and Scott will be appearing on the stream throughout the day. Go to Hallways Graps to see the schedule. It's a 12-hour live stream, so uh, uh, it's probably already started as you're listening to this, depending what time that is. I'm sure some of you get up very early in the morning, so maybe you're listening to it beforehand. Yeah, uh, I'm, but, I can, I'm just picturing somebody on an early Saturday on their walk to work thing, and can't believe I have to go all the way to work on a Saturday. And think, what will I get for my my commitment to work? Ah, money playing, starring people fucking alligators. I'll have a listen to that. I'm sure they've got. No, some. don't. don't sure not starring. Don't lie to the people. No one fucked an alligator in this movie. Well, they already no lied. No one so even why, tried. Why must the lying stop here when they already lied to us? <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's the description of this podcast, guys. <laughs> we enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck. Let us know how you would fuck an alligator at Rogue Underscore Opinion. No, bye now. Rogue opinions, the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who's on that plane. I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I am Darius Grouch the third, the rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. Now bring me my money!